December 15th, 2022. This morning's class and the classes throughout the week are donated in loving memory of Audrey Levy, Alea Shalom, Hana Bat Rachel by the Levy family. <coughs> We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Daf Pehe Amud Aleph. And uh, we'll pick up again, rewinding just a bit on the 14th line, the last word on the line, the Ta Shema. If you recall, the context is very important. The Gemara had uh, posed the question, Tarav Shesha, two lines from the top, and the question was, Ben What's the halacha with regards to a child, a son, with, in, a, in the context of betin, in the context of mitzvat haka'a, if a person is liable, the father is, to malkot, is the child allowed to do so? Now, generally speaking, the Torah has a warning and a punishment, a strict warning and punishment for a child who strikes their father. We read about it in the Mishnah, mot yumat, it's henek, a person gets put to death with strangulation if they strike their parent. Uh, what if, in this specific circumstance, it's a mitzuveh it's a circumstance where they'd be acting as an agent of the court. What's the halakha in such a situation? Rav Sheshat's initial answer, it's what he's going to stand by, it's what we're challenging and debating throughout, Rav Sheshat's answer is, well, why should it be any different than a person uh, who's a member of Am Yisrael? Even if it's not a parent, we might not have a severity of death penalty if we strike another person, but it is prohibited, and ultimately speaking, it's prohibited, but in the context and confines of Beit Din, it's permitted. Why so? Kivot Shamaim Adif. We say that as the person's acting as an emissary, as an agent of Beit Din, he's acting with the honor of God in mind, and as a result, it's permitted for him even though, generally speaking, you can't just strike another person. So too, with regards to the child striking their parent, although it's generally speaking prohibited, as a shaliyah betin, it would be permitted. As said the Gemara here, picking up again 14 lines from the top, Tashema, Tashema means, literally means come and listen. And the Gemara over here is citing a beraita, which will challenge Rav Sheshat. Uh, we began and discussed this a bunch yesterday. Tashema hayoseh lehareg. The Beraita doesn't give us full contextual clues, but it gives us a glimpse as to what we're dealing with. It says it's a person who's already on his way to execution, which means to say we had the court proceedings, we had the Gemardin, the verdict, and this person's Hayav Mita, and as they're taking this individual out, uh, if the child comes and strikes the parent, again, as the parent's being taken out to be killed by Betin, or alternatively, or in addition, either way you slice it, he's mikalele, curses his parent, his father, hayav, in such a circumstance, the child for doing so is hayav mita, even though the father is on his way to the gallows, even though the father is sentenced and on his way to execution, the striking, the cursing of the father in that situation, hayav. All right, so far hasn't really given us a glimpse into uh, necessarily the issue we're dealing with. The Beraita says alternatively, in contrast, if another person, not the child, comes and strikes that same man, it's not his father, it's not his parents, not his relative per se, and if that person strikes or curses this individual, patur. The other individual would be patur. So there's a strict and clear contrast between child, who in this situation of hotzi'uhu lehareg, the person's on his way out to die, and the child hits, he's patur, it's hayab. If aher hits, if any other person, 
he's patur. Says the Gemara, okay, so let's deal with what this Biraita's specific circumstances and in turn, test whether Rav Sheshat can answer up to that. The Havinanba, and they debated this matter to try to figure out what's the difference in this situation between the child and another person. Uh, if, if, they're both, if, if they both hit, why should the child be liable and another person not? What's the difference, halachically speaking, between the child and another person striking this person who's on his way to execution? And Rav Hasta suggested the difference between the two goes as follows. And the circumstance, as Rav Hasta perhaps, goes as follows. The Betin are trying to extract this person, to bring them to get killed, and the person won't leave. They plant themselves in place. They won't let Betin seize them in order to bring them to execution. In that situation, both the child and the other person are acting with the authority of Betin. They're hitting the person, beating him up in order to encourage, in order to force him to go out to get killed. Well, the hitting in that situation then is hitting of Betin. It might not be the 39 lashes. It might not be the formal lashes in Betin for wrongdoing, but ultimately seeking it is part of the process. Says Rav Hasta, that's how I resolve this issue of why they're different. If it's an, another person, he's acting as an emissary of Betin. He's a shaliyah Betin, and as a result, he's striking this person. You generally speaking can't strike, but now I'm doing it with the authority of Betin. That's permitted. In such a circumstance, you're not going to be liable to anything. You're doing the right thing. The son, in contrast, explains Rav Hasda, Hayav. You see, Rav Sheshat, your claim just a few moments ago that if the child is acting with the authority of Betin, he's okay, he's in the clear, it's not so. This Beraita is telling us otherwise. Of course, Rav Sheshat will have to argue that these ambiguous words of the Beraita, where the Beraita says the person's being taken out to be executed and someone comes and hits him, it can't be that Rav Sheshat will accept it with the authority of Betin, because after all, according to Rav Sheshat, with the authority of Betin, the son, the Ben, should be patur. How will he explain it? Says the Gemara, of course, Rav Sheshat will say it's not part of the process. It's not in the context of Betin trying to urge the guy to leave. And just a regular guy or just the son comes along and says, oh, this guy, I hate this guy. Boom, and you hit him. Ah, over there, we say the son is liable. That being the case, why is the Ahed Patur? Why should I? Is that the way it works? Just when a person's on their way to get killed, anybody could come up and take whatever hit, whatever shot you want at him? That doesn't make sense. If, you're, if your claim of painting the context of this case is that it's not misarvim bolasit, it's not with the authority as an agent of Betin, as a shaliyah of the Betin. Answers the Gemara, the reason Aher, another person, not the son, would be patur for Rav Sheshat is because Gavra Ketilahu. Gavra Ketilahu means this person is a dead man walking. We've seen this word, we've discussed these words more than once in Masechet Sanhedrin. It means, halachically speaking, if we put on our lenses of Torah, we'll see this person as dead already. What do you mean he's dead? Not actually dead. He's not actually dead, but he's a dead man walking. He's moments from his execution. What's his financial value? What's his monetary value? But how do you ever determine anyone's financial monetary value? The answer is, what's their sale value? What, what would they be sold for in the market? Who sells human beings? Once upon a time, you sold human beings as slaves. What was, how would you evaluate this person with regards to if they were to be sold in the market? What's his value? Well, he's got a few moments to live at best. He's on his way to being killed. He's worth nothing. 
It's for that reason, says the Gemara, that if it's Ahir, says Rav Sheshat, if another person comes and strikes him, ah, I can't tell you it's the right thing to do. I can actually tell you it's the wrong thing to do. It's a terrible thing. But how are you going to obligate them in such a circumstance, such a situation to pay? He's hitting someone who's worthless already. It's, it's hard to say. It's hard to articulate. People always have value, but in terms of financial, monetary value, he's worthless. That's why Ahir is patur. Well, then why is the sun hayav? The reason the sun's hayav is it's nothing to do with the value when it comes to the sun. The sun is not allowed to strike the parent. What's the uh, liability? What's the uh, punishment of the Torah? You struck your parent. There's nothing to do with taking away from the value, says the Gemara. But even, even another striking a quote-unquote worthless person should still be a hayav. Should still be a hayav. We just made the claim. He wouldn't be sold for anything in the marketplace. That's right. But what about the descendants? What about his children? The children. Children aren't making any money. He's worthless. What about their embarrassment, their shame? What happens now? It's true. Dad. What about his embarrassment? But he's dead. His embarrassment is to a dead person. That's why the, that's how the Gemara is going to go on this. Un- understood. In other words, Nathan makes the claim. Come on, he's got a few mi- more moments alive. He is. He must. And, and in truth, I mean, I, I don't know that I could necessarily disagree with you. The Gemara does it specifically from the descendants. Maybe he could extend it further to him in these few moments. But the Gemara catches Rav Sheshat better than that because it says Rav Sheshat, you yourself who's making the claim over here that the reason Ahir is patur in Hotzi'uhu lehareg is because he's a dead man walking, we know your own statement that if a person is sleeping, if a person's sleeping and you embarrass them, how do you embarrass them? You beat them up. And then not because of your strike, not because of the blow that you leveled onto this person, the person passes away in their sleep. What's the status with regards to your financial obligations to them? So the halacha is because of the busha that you caused to this descendants, you have to pay up. The person died. I didn't do anything. Who did I embarrass? You embarrassed the children. Everybody heard. You beat him up in his sleep before he died. Uh, that's a terrible look for the family. How do you evaluate? Okay, the Gemara elsewhere explains this. It's part of the process. So it's no different than giving in the lashes. According to Rav Sheshat, we're not in part of the process. They're on their way to taking him, and you, ju- not you, a person just sees him, and walks over and whacks him. Not part of the process. That's what we're talking about, right? Rav Sheshat. If it was part of the process, we're in real trouble, according to Rav Sheshat. Certainly. Yes. You can't. You can't. You're patur. That's very significant. You're not going to be liable if you hit him. Nobody is allowing you. I, I have to be more severe on this. No, it's because now people are going to tra- transfer this over to Hilchot Shabbat and they say when it says Patur means you're li- Patur means you're not liable. Nobody said A, you're a good person. B, that you didn't violate, but you're Patur in terms of financial obligations. So you know, that, I'm, I'm very clear about that. Yeah. I have a question. A child could be on bed into to. Right, interesting question. Stanley says, can the child be the shaliyah betin at all? The answer clearly is yes. The child can't be a shofet, he can't the dayan, he can't be dealing with the case, can't be an aid, he can't be a witness. What he can do is act, again, act after the fact. Once the case was reached, the child now is dealing with the execution of the betin. So for that he can. The, only, the specific reason why a child should not, may not be involved in the proceedings is because we're nervous about bias, what you call either one way or another, whether he hates or loves his father, but he's got something at stake. Uh, if we're now 
now past that, we're just talking about execution, lashing, putting to death, that's where the child's allowed at that point. But that being the case, says the Gemara, uh, we're in a little bit of trouble now because we don't understand Rav Sheshat. We're back to square one. Rav Sheshat, your claim is that the child could be on the Din in order to give the Haka'ot to his father. We have a challenge from this Beraita. The Beraita says we distinguish between the child and another person when an individual is being taken out to, to be killed. If we say that it's part of the court proceedings, <clears throat> as Rav Hastad did, so then I understand the distinction. Another person could be involved, child can't be. Rav Sheshat, you can't make that claim. So how do you distinguish? I'll tell you how I distinguish said Rav Sheshat. The answer is, he's a dead man walking. The, fa- the father, the child would be liable, another person would be patur. So as it came out, how could another person be patur? Of course it's not allowed, but he's not even patur. There's going to be a liability to the children. This is what we're up to in the Gemara. What must we be dealing with over here, according to Rav Sheshat? It must be that he struck, in this Beraita, when it says, the guy's on his way out to being killed. Not part of the court proceedings, but the child or the other person comes along and beats him up, hits him. The hitting was not with the strength that what's called Shaveh Peruta. They gave him a light push. They gave him a shove in the side. He didn't cause him uh, damage to the extent that either embarrassment or from inability to work or just in general the damage that was done to, uh, or medical bills. There was nothing that Shaveh Peruta. Peruta is a very small amount of money, which means say, hit him, but he didn't do it to that extent. Oh, that being the case, the Gemara is suggesting as a result it goes like this. The reason another person is patur is because there's no financial liability. You, beat, you whacked him, but it's not actually a financial liability. Why is the child then hayav? Well, the child's hayav because he beat his father. No, but there was no finance. It's not about finances when it comes to the child. That's the distinction. So Rav Sheshat now settled it. Rav Sheshat says, we're not in the court proceedings. We're done with the court proceedings. Two people come along, child and another person. Either one of them takes the blow at, the, at, the, at this individual. The child is liable. Why is he liable? You struck your father. The other person's not liable. Why not? Because he hid him. Do you mean to tell me that if I just calculate myself properly, I could just walk through the marketplace? Uh, we don't have marketplace anymore. I could walk through the street if I see you and I don't like it. Just make sure that I don't hit you that hard. You hit your father. That's right. Not about finances. Do you mean to tell me that if I were to hit a person, I'd be patur entirely? Maybe the answer is yes. It's not so. The reason is, the halakha happens to be, if you hit a person, even if financially you didn't damage them, even if you didn't bring forth some sort of loss in the material sense, you nonetheless have to pay for it. How do you pay for it? With malkot. You get lashes for being You violated lo yosif pen yosif. We've mentioned more than once on dafna gimal, which makes clear you're not allowed to strike another person with a punishment of mitzvah lo of malkot. Is it really? Uh, you want to make such a distinction? Uh, In other words, what's the difference? You just say from my action of hitting that person. Because the, the sleeping case, the problem is the descendants. 
That's, that's the issue. I'm telling you that's the, that context yeah. of that Gemara. So then why is a dead man walking any different with regards to the law? Don't care once it's... I'm saying once, once God's the dead father, the dead man walking, there's no Bushah. So there's no Bushah. He there, a white father when he's sleeping. And he dies in his sleep. There was still Bushah? No, he was alive. I understand. But ultimately speaking, he died. When people find out about it in both of the cases, you know... That, okay, that's, that's the Gemara's assumption. What's that? All right, you know, then, then who are you paying to? They pay to yeah. Says the Gemara on us, says the Gemara, okay, so now we're in trouble because Rav Sheshat, you're claiming that's the case. The case is Haka'ash, you should not, may not be patur when it's Aher, you should be Hayav Malkot, says the Gemara, that's right. My patur de Kamar, patur mimamon. Oh, that's right. When we talked about the difference between the child and another person, we didn't mean the other person's patur entirely. We meant the other person's patur from paying money. One second. So let me re- rephrase this one. You know, this is what the Gemara catches. That's right. So says the Ge- so, that's right. Says the Gemara. Okay, so one more time. Let's review this. Put this all together. Rav Sheshat. The case is, I'll envision it. I got it in mind. The person's being taken out to the gallows. As he's going out to the gallows, either the child or another person comes and just shoves him. That's peruta. All right. Uh, the person who shoves him, Hayav Malkot, but we're not talking about Hayav Malkot, he's patur from Mamon. He doesn't have to pay financially. That uh, makes sense. I understand that. The child, again, we just said patur and we were talking about money. Child is Hayav. Now you have to tell me Hayav is talking to the same thing that patur was talking to. It means financially. You told me the hitting was not Shaveh Peruta. You told me the child just pushed him into the wall. You told me the child just slapped him. That being the case, that's inconsistent. It doesn't make any sense. The child has to pay money. Pay money for what? There was no financial loss over here. Says the Gemara, if that's the case, Miklal Dibino Hayab Bimamon? Are you telling me that the child Hayab Bimamon? Can't be. Ela, rather, this case must be Bidino, that when we talk about the child being Hayab, it means the child Hayab Mitab, and it means when we talk about the Aher being Patur, we mean he's Patur even from Malkot. Well, if that's the case, that one's Hayab and the other's Patur, the child's Hayab and the Aher is Patur, well, we're back to square one. Rav Sheshat. I don't understand. Rav Sheshat, how do you square this? If you tell me that this is outside of the court proceedings, what's the difference between the child and another person? Why should the other person be patur from lashes? Why should the child be hayab b'mitah? They both did the same thing. It's both the same situation. You can't distinguish in one way over the other. You can't get out of it the way you tried to earlier in any of your suggestions. Uh, the best I have is Rav Hastas' suggestion. Rav Hastas said it's part of the court proceedings. The child's not allowed to be involved. The, the other is. And now we have a proof against you, Rav Sheshat. says, Gemara, Ela, Aher. Can we talk about that person? In other words, we also have an obligation after someone passes away not to embarrass them? Or not to curse them, them certainly. And by, extension, the, and by extension, the Gemara will talk... All right, so give, give it uh, five lines or so. Right, so just, just about. Says the Gemara, Ela, Aher, Hainu, Ta'amad, Patur. Before we get to that, the Gemara makes a different suggestion. Again, according to Rav Sheshat, this difficult and, uh, and, and obscure Beraita is talking about outside of court proceedings. He has to say so, because otherwise the child shouldn't be liable. Uh, so why is it that the other person's Patur, if it's a non-child who strikes this person on his way to the gallows, De'amar, Kera, because the Pasuk says... 
The pasuk in the Torah in Parashat Mishpatim says, Elohim lo tekalel, venasi be'amecha lo ta'or. It says, nasi be'amecha, the Gemara earlier in the uh, mid-samechs, maybe daf samechvav or so, the Gemara over there was doresh, that with regards to, with regards to this um, isur of ta'or, which means to curse, even though the pasuk specifically says nasi, it sounds like just the prince, the Gemara said, the Gemara spread this to everyone. The isur from the Torah of kilala to another person is identical with regards to me to a nasi, as, as, uh, just as much as it's me to the uh, woodcutter. I'm asur, nasi ba'amecha lo ta'or, applies to all, so that's first and foremost. Second, if the pasuk is talking about everyone, why does it say v'nasi ba'amecha? As when the Torah says, don't do this, it says, lo tirsach. It doesn't say, lo tirsach ish me'amecha. When the Torah says, lo tignov, no, lo tignov me'amecha. Me'amecha means from your nation. That word is an extra word, from your nation. Why does the Torah say, make sure you don't curse someone from your nation? Be'ose ma'ase amecha. The derashah of the rabbis is it's because he's considered, and here's a quote, unquote, a person who does deeds as part of your nation which means that he's not what's considered a rasha. He's not, for our purposes, a person who's on his way out to the gallows. The person's on his way to being killed. We look at him and we say, halachically speaking, forget about what the people, this is a rasha, this is a wicked person. He's not not part of the nation. Wow, in such a circumstance, the Torah is not saying you should, but the Torah then is telling you it's permitted to curse him. Well, if that's the case, um, maybe that's the circumstance, maybe that's the situation. The reason another person who strikes this, or rather curses this individual as patur, is because this person is not We have a few technical issues. Says the Gemara, but wait a second, that Pasuk's only talking about cursing. He said, if you curse a person who's not If it's a person who is objectively, according to Torah, considered Rasha, so you're not liable. Oh, that's when you're talking about cursing. What about hitting? And says the Gemara, there's a hekesh to hitting as well. What do you mean by there being a hekesh? Where's this hekesh? You didn't quote to hekesh. Generally speaking, it's when one Pasuk mentions two concepts, one after another. Where do you see that? So Rashid mentions one of two suggestions on how to explain this Gemara. Either it's what's called Mamatino. It's not an actual Hekesh and how it's written in the Torah. It's rather logically. Logically we say that's what's called Mamatino or Binyana. It's the same way it's so by cursing. Why should we distinguish? We'll suggest that as well by hitting. Okay. Ultimately speaking, they're identical. Alternatively, Rashi quotes Pesukim in which it's two separate pesukim, one separated by another, in which first it talks about cursing and then it talks about hitting to tell you that they are similar one to the other. Okay, when all that technical dust settles, what it means then is the reason in this situation, explains Rav Sheshach, if a person who's not a child goes ahead and strikes this man, he's patur because this man's on his way to the, to the gallows. Says the Kemana, but then the child as well should be patur. If the only time you're liable... And, and, it's, and it's asur to this extent at this point for being mekalil and being makir, another person is when we look at them and we say, so then it's the same thing by the child. Your father, is a raja. I'm not suggesting that you do it, but he's not. 
it happens to be the Hekesh specifically that uh, she's quoting is in the context of the father, which is almost, yeah, which is, which is almost a, a question on Rashi. How's he applying it in that? And that's probably why he starts with the Mamatzino. So, yeah, it's, it's, if anything, the Hekesh is better for the father. Says the Gemara, if that's so, why should the child be any different? Answers the Gemara, Kedamarav Pinehas, Beshe'asa Teshubah. Says the Gemara, Hachaname, Beshe'asa Teshubah. It, it, no, it's, it's, it's two separate pesukim, cursing parent, hitting parent with something in the middle. The, 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 not, not that pasuk. Oh, different hekesh. That's, it's it's elsewhere. Taking from parent, applying it to this, yeah. That's why Rashi starts. He says it's a mamatzinu. It's not even though the lashon of the Gemara of makshinan is difficult, it's not an actual hekesh. So why yeah. structure? Uh, no. first, Thank you, My only, my only. Oh, okay, listen. We're, we're, that's the. That's what we're stuck with right yeah. now. Don't, don't get me wrong. We're stuck with that. But if you're speaking from emotion, I can't help you. If you're speaking from technicalities, I, I understand. That's the question of the Gemara, which is good. Also, says the Gemara ihache. That's the question. Why should the child be any different? Answers the Gemara. No, the child is different because the father did Teshubah, and therefore he's Oseh Ma'aseh Amecha. That must be the case, uh, one more time. The case is the, child, the man is on his way out to being killed. Uh, some person or the child come ahead and strike him. Uh, the other person is Patur, the child is Hayav. Why? From, from, well, the other person from Lashes, the child for Mitah, for death penalty, right? Why is he Patur? Because he did Teshubah. So. That's right. Why should that be? So, right? so now, now that he did Teshubah, so we say that's why the child is Hayab, because now he is Oseh Ma'aseh Amecha, right? Now is, so that, that, that jumps back up. That being the case, so then why is the other person Patur? So that's the Gemara, I mean, that's what the Gemara really gets stuck with. If that's the case, then another person as well. Every time we go through this process here, Rav Sheshat, we just keep ping-ponging back and forth. So you explain that answer. Now explain this one. No, so I'll explain to you how this one goes. Now explain this. Ultimately speaking, what is the difference between father and another with regards to striking this man? Amar of Mary, Amar of Mary, Ba'amecha, Ba'amekuyam, Shebe'amecha. He says, when the Pasuk says, when I see Ba'amecha, that extra word ba'amecha is not only denoting, it's not only hinting to us that the person is an upstanding citizen, he's not a rasha, he will remain a member of your nation. You say, this is part of my nation, he'll remain a member of your nation, meaning he's not on his way to being killed. All right, so if he's on his way to being killed, in that situation, you're patur. Says the Gemara, that solved it. And what about the child? So then why is the child liable? If you tell me the only time you're not allowed to curse and you're not allowed to strike the person is if the person is going to be living, meaning he's a person who will have life in your nation, meaning he's not on his way to being killed, I'm back to the same issue. So then the child as well should be patur. The child should resolve himself in the court and say, oh, what are you talking about? I'm hayab, why should I be hayab? Don't you know the pasuk in the Torah? Then I see be'amecha. Be'amecha means in your nation, means he's going to live. My father was on his way to dying. Answers the Gemara. It's final answer for Rav Sheshat. He pulls out of this, uh, not unscathed, but all right. Period. 
Says the Gemara, for Rav Sheshat, this is similar to after death. The next Mishnah is what we're really referring to. The next Mishnah distinguishes between a parent, uh, doesn't distinguish in such a fashion, but the Gemara, the, the Mishnah does say that if a person is to curse his parent after death, again, if a person curses his parent after death, the halakha in such a situation is hayav. Now, that's specifically with regard to a parent. Parent, you will mivaze your parent after death, you're hayav, you're not allowed to be mekalel even after death. Therefore, says the Gemara, the difference between the child and another goes as follows. This man is on his way to being killed. He's not ba'mecha. He doesn't have a long life ahead of him. He doesn't have any life ahead of him. Another person who comes along and curses him, Ah, but it was all right. He's, he's dead already. It's not Ba'amecha. The child who does so. Ah, we draw the line over there. Why do you draw the line over there? Because the same way he's going to be Hayab, even after his father is quite physically dead, so too in this moment when he is technically dead, the child will be Hayab. That's the suggestion then of the Gemara. The person, the person, he's still moving to shut the family. Patur. Patur. Kilala is not Kilala is not about busha. Kilala is, is otherwise. In terms of the the father, there's still a bizayon. The Gemara is doreshet from Pesukim. He's he's standing with his repentance. He has Teshubah, this man right now, but he's on his way to die. Oh, it doesn't change. No, it doesn't change status with Betin. He's still going to be put to death. With the son, the son will be Hayav now, right? Even though he did. Right, so so Ab raises the question. I got you, Ab. So Ab now says, when all the everything is done over here, we are forgetting. Uh, it's an important thing. We some of us forgot for a moment that we had to suggest in the middle of this gemara that the only situation where we're going to say there's a liability for striking a person on his way to death is when he did teshubah. It means any other case, this whole sugya which we're debating, could the child be involved in beit din for his child for his his father, what's the answer? Always yes, unless the parent did Teshubah. That seems clear from our Gemara. That is what Tosafot makes clear in Masechet Yifamot. It's a Mahloket HaRishonim, but that's the way we generally speaking go. The only time this whole thing really arises is if they did Teshubah. So we really minimize the whole conversation now, because the answer is, generally speaking, the child or any other person can be involved, of course, in the proceedings of this person in giving Makot as part of Beit Din, unless the person did Teshubah. Why so? Because it's Hatsuk in the Torah, Correct. Unless we know that this person did Teshubah. If we know, we saw that they did. Now, you say to me, if they did Teshubah, so then the Beit Din should exonerate them entirely. It's not the way it works. Beit Din can't exonerate based on Teshubah. Borei Olam does that. Beit Din has their responsibility to deal with the the situation based on what they see. But in terms of a child judging him, if he didn't do Teshubah, if he walks defiantly into court, we say, even according to, even according to Rav Hasta, you know, so we thought it was Rav Shah, according to everyone, that the child could be a part of it. Says, go ahead. So when it says that um, the son hit or cursed the father, it shouldn't just be cursed. The guy is a dead man, is hitting a dead man, it's not. Right. Uh, so Judah says over here, it says, we're talking about both hitting, I thought I could pull this over you quickly um, until we get to the next Gemara, but we'll do it right now. Uh, we're talking about both hitting and cursing. All we just did is, I told you, if, uh, uh, I cleverly told you, the next Mishnah says, if he curses the parent after death, he's hayav. Uh, if you read the Mishnah, it says explicitly, if he hits the parent after death, he's patur. 
So then, uh, what, are you, what are you telling me? That we were talking about if he was hitting or cursing the parent, that the child is, you know, okay to do that for Betty. What are you talking about? You can't resolve it because you're only telling me that after death. The child is liable when he curses. So Rashi answers this question, and he said, Rashi asks and answers this question, and the top Rashi on the Amud, and Rashi suggests that technically speaking, that's why I wanted to, you know, obscure this a little bit, technically speaking, he should be Hayav for striking as well, for hitting. Uh, or he hit his father, whatever. The only reason, it's a technical reason why he's not, is because the only way to be hayav for haka'at aviv as the Mishnah told us, as the Gemara is going to that, is if you bruise them and bring forth blood. If the person is dead, that's not considered a habura. So technically speaking, the harmita, you should be hayav on your father, both for kilala and even for haka'at. There's a technical loophole over here that since it's not a habura, you didn't actually cause a black and blue mark. You didn't actually bruise them. They're dead. There's none of that sort of business. That's why you're patus. As a result, we look at this situation situation says, really, it's really not allowed to do this after death when you're the child. Says the Gemara, so what's the halakha on this? In other words, how did they resolve this issue in the Midrash? For 99.9% of the cases that come to Betin, and Eloi, I know you wanted it to be this way, I told you, hang on till the end, the child may not, against Rav Sheshat Pesach Halacha, be the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Shaliyah Betin, be the agent for Betin to the, give the Hakaot. I will, again, in parentheses, tell you, however, according to Tosafot, according to a simple reading of our sugya, according to A.B. Cohen, it's not really Lakol, because as long as the parent didn't do Teshubah, Everybody agrees that the child could be involved. Anyway, so that's for all 99.9% cases, says the Gemara. He should not, may not be the one who gives the Hakka'a or the Kilala from Betin. Hoots, except for one notable exception. We're at this point already uh, used to this, that the notable exception with regards to many of the Halachot that are standard practices in Betin in order to bring forth the appropriate conduct and behavior between two people are suspended in a situation of Mesit. Mesit is if another uh, cause is a person to do Avodah Zarah. If I allure you to Avodah Zarah, the Torah says in such a situation, the Torah says, no himla, no compassion, no way of looking at this person and softening the situation. And therefore, under 99% of the cases, says the Gemara, the child may not be involved in Betin to give Hakka'a or Kilala, that's Nidui. Except for, yes, Yes, technically, the loophole, he gets off the hook. Again, provided that he did the Teshubah, right? Um, the notable exception, however, is Mesit. If the father is on death row, he's on his way to ex- execution because he was Mesit, because he allured another into Avodah Zarah, the details of which we dealt with earlier in our Masechet. In that situation, we said the child, even the child, is allowed to, maybe even supposed to be involved in the Beitin for Hakan Kilala. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.